Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two world-famous uh, hosts. I was going to say something, and I couldn't think of the Stroke. word. Hosts. <laughs> <laughs> we are your two world-famous hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful night for a podcast, and we are sleepy bitches. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting interesting episode. If you if you're here for the first time, buckle up, buddy. <laughs> if you're here for the how many episodes have we done? 80 something episodes? Yeah. I want to say if this you're is here, like 89 actually. Like for the 89th roughly time, then you know that sometimes when we record at 3 in the morning, things get banana sandwich. So Buckle up. It's going to be great. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. You know? Yeah, this is our 89th episode. 89. Wow. We're coming in hot on Hundo. Can't we're wait until we hit 1989. Be, it'll be grace. Oh my God. And then just, there'll just be more. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be the Taylor Swift episode. Think, think we'll be big enough to where Taylor will come on for our 1989 episode? No. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> I don't think she does a lot of podcasts. Well, we'll be the first then. We'll we'll have he'll show to come. Yeah, with what? Did you see the videos of her performing in Nashville when it was like a monsoon? It looked so cool. So dope. It looked so staged. It 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 almost looked fake. I was so jealous. I yeah. I also knew quite a few people who were there. Uh, It's it's insane, and I I want to take Jessica to see Taylor Swift, but I don't think we're gonna be able to afford that. I, I didn't even I didn't even go to see Blink One Eighty Two this past weekend, and they were in Chicago. Yeah, I saw you had the opportunity, and you did not take it. Well, I didn't I wonder, have the opportunity. I wonder if Courtney was there. I didn't have the opportunity as much as I didn't have any reason to go. Like, I didn't buy tickets ahead of time. None no, of the friends that I had invited on your status was like, "I have tickets you can have. I can't go." No, 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 no. She was going. No. No, no. She said, "I'll." This was I'm a man. Going. No, what? this was a man. Hold on. I need Someone to was trying now. to sell you tickets on your. Oh, Facebook. a random person. No, I don't know who that person was. I don't believe that. Oh. I, I believe oh, I was okay. getting scammed. Sorry, oh, okay. I do know what you're talking about. There was a rant. I, I've never. There's no mutual friends. I don't know how this person found my Facebook. Mm. But okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. I'm sorry okay. for the for the confusion here. So, anyways, hello everyone. Welcome to Gray's Academy. This episode is not sponsored, <laughs> but it is going to be uh, consumed. We have to be careful now because we actually have sponsors. <laughs> uh, and we, we are going to have an exciting sponsor coming up within the next uh, week or two. More to come. So hang tight. And uh, But this episode will be enjoyed with our dear friends. Kirkland Signature Hard Seltzer Mango. I'm drinking water. I got a rock. <laughs> Is that what, that's what I was going for. I say that all the time, and it's like a 50-50 split. Across all age groups, people younger than me, older than me, my same age, it's it's the the Charlie Brown really brought people together for a long time. I love Charlie Brown. All the holiday specials are oh, classic. Okay. The Great Pumpkin? Mm. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have done a sequel, The Great Pumpkin Pie, Charlie Brown. They for sure have more Halloween ones. Hmm. My bad. 
Anyways, um, hi, hello, everyone. This is episode 81 of Grey's Anatomy, and it is the third episode of the fifth season, and it is called Here Comes the Flood, and that's a song. It is a song, and I didn't realize that all of my search went away when I searched for Freakazoid, so... <laughs> yeah, Carmen's fuck. hair looked dumb, and I was trying to tell him who he looked like but I couldn't remember the name for Freakazoid. So then we are trying to Google like blue face, crazy hair man. And it took a couple guesses on to get there, but it was Freakazoid. His hair looked like Freakazoid for a minute. Yes. Cause he yes, smushed it, it around really weird. Uh, we were like, it's the guy with the red and he has the blue face with the, the, the big hair. And I said he was a lightning guy. And yeah. It took a while for, for the internet to be helpful. But we got there. Yes. So anyways, Here Comes the Flood is a song by Peter Gabriel. Now, this song specifically did not have a ton of charting information here, but it is off of the debut uh, self-titled Peter Gabriel album that was released on February 25th, 1977. Um, Singer and songwriter and producer, excuse me, I should have had some of the the bubbly seltzer after I did this because I'm already burping everywhere. Uh, and Peter Gabriel was the producer. So uh, not a ton about it. The, the, the album itself, it peaked at number seven on the UK album charts and number 38 on the Billboard. Hot, hot, stanky 200. It did pretty well globally. It reached uh, in the uh, top 25 for Australia top 10 in Austria. It reached single digits for uh, France, Germany, Norway, Sweden, and again, uh, the UK. So Peter Gabriel, I'm not a big, big fan of Peter Gabriel. It's okay. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of Carmen Gabriel, uh, carmen.gabriel.official on Instagram. I'm a big fan of that one. Well, but the song also was just fine. It was... Not that great. It wasn't terrible, actually. Do you um, like In Your Eyes? In Your Eyes. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my fave Peter Gabriel. You know who I, I randomly got Peter Gabriel uh, mixed up with? Was uh, the guy who does the freaking uh tarzan who does tarzan i was, was going to guess phil collins i was like phil, I collins. phil collins yeah i get peter gabriel mixed up with phil collins different people yeah so you know so anyways the the lyrics of the song um there I, I mean it was just okay the song was just okay it started off really weird it actually had a pretty decent uh pretty decent chorus um like melodically i was a fan of but lord here comes the flood we'll say goodbye to flesh and blood if again the seas are silent and any uh are silent and any stay still alive it'll be those who gave their island to survive uh could be a metaphor for a couple things who knows but anyways uh the song is fine it was a it was a two two out of five did not download and that's all i got kelsey back to you my sweet sweet angel friend thank you um, this episode was written by Krista Viernoff, who we know we love, we stand directed by Michael Pressman aired October 9th, 2008. Not to, to be f- confused with Michael Pullman. 
to 14.5 million views. So down like 4 million from the previous week. It's really like a pretty nothing. big drop. Got um, nothing from the season premiere to the second week. Got nothing for the press pull combination? Nothing? Uh, no. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that funny? Am I losing my touch? I don't know who that is. It was just a press and pull joke. Oh, pull. I thought you said pole. Like a no, pole, pole. Like a fireman's pole. pole. No. Pressman Pullman. Also not very funny. So same reaction. Yeah, same reaction. <laughs> ah, there it is. There's the laugh. I'm incredible. Uh, I'm laughing at me. I'm funny. Yeah, but I caused the scenario in which you laughed at yourself. So basically. I have something mean to say. What were you talking about? Music? I was going to say something hateful. I don't know. You have a you have a Shondaland story for me, though. I do. I don't know how I did not know this. Um, but I recently found out the reason. Well, I'm not going to say the, the one reason. reason is you. There were a lot of reasons that Shonda left ABC and signed her deal with Netflix. Like a lot of things kind of over time just added up and, and occurred and, and she moved on to bigger and better things. But originally, um, so I recently heard this story that was like basically the straw that broke the camel's back was she went to one of her bosses at ABC, someone above her, and she was like, hey, I need another ticket to Disneyland. I have family I want to take. And they said, no, you need to be happy with what you have. And she said, I'm not going to work here anymore. <laughs> and I fucking love that. Because this is at a time, right, when it when it's TGIT. She's got grades. She's got scandal. She's got how to get away with murder. She has stacked their Thursday and made it, like, the most watched channel on all of television. And some fucking dumbass is like, I'm not going to give you one Disneyland ticket. I hope that keeps him up at night. They could have had Bridgerton. Which I have not watched. So yes, you have. Oh, I've well, I haven't. I've watched it, but I haven't watched it. Right, like I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. I'm not watching Bridgerton yet, yet until there's a crossover with Bridgerton and Grey's Anatomy. That is banana. That's that's just insane. That's what so funny? What I don't understand is how another executive didn't like hear about this and fire that person and say, "I will give you. I will rent out." <laughs> I will All, give you, you Disneyland. Want, you, you want here, here's here. Let me get you a VIP tour guide and do whatever you want. Also, Dole Whip on us. Also, you want to stay for free? Let's do it. Like, what do you want? Well, That's also insane. Because like peek behind the curtain, guys. When you work for Disney, you get passes like to go. And there's it's called a main gate. And you get like different levels depending on like what position you have and with the company. And normally the like way it works is like if I was going to go to Disney World, I could get myself in and then like three members of my family or three friends, like three people plus me at any given time, unless it's blocked out, just like most of the time. Um, so I'm assuming that, that she had a regular main gate like that, like no blockout dates, like, like a silver pass, although I know it exists. That, like, they have the level where anybody can just get as many people as they want in. Like, I don't think they're capping, like, Bob Iger with the number of people he can get in. So I am sure we were making the company that much money. Like, that is the level she should have had. I completely I agree. No, that's insane. I She should have also gotten the golden football decal where she could just park wherever she wants. She should have gotten whatever she wants. Mm -hmm. Also, did you ever see that interview with Bob Iger? I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel. 
Um, oh my god, I'm maybe. I've seen a lot um, of his interviews. I, I like Bob. Big he, Bob he and I are doing friends. One and Jimmy Kimmel like shows the back of his company ID, and it has the N on it. Yes. And he's like this means I don't get a discount. <laughs> and I was like, that's incredible. I love that. Not that he needs it, but yeah, no one feels bad for you, James. Okay. I think it's still. I think it's still the the principle, though. You know, oh like, yeah, for sure. He well, at they, least they deserve Shonda. it. Well, yeah, not for with sure. him, well, but with Shonda. Like, I don't, I don't ha- think she would have asked for a discount when she was in the park. She would have just paid whatever. But it's the principle know, of can I get my family in for free for this experience? Absolutely, Shonda. What else? Also, like, yeah. Also, the response of not just no, but you should be happy with what you have, bitch. Now you're going to be unhappy with what you don't have. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So she she's not doing any writing or show running for any Grays or ABC right. anything. Right. But she still owns the namesake of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she's still the creator. Collecting all it's that royalty. It's still under Shondaland, yeah. Does she does she ever pop in once in a while or does she have a non-compete have with Netflix now? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Probably doesn't. I mean, I assume she's probably still like friends with a lot of people on the team and a lot of the cast. But I would be like, fuck you guys to the studio, not the cast. I think she has a lot of loyalty to her people. Yeah, which is great. Also, I guess we actually should probably address this as well. I have not told you about this because I was like afraid. I didn't want you to get on the Internet. Um, So several people sent this to me. First of all, I did see it on my own on the Twitters. But then several, several people also sent it to me on the Instagrams. Uh, Isaiah Washington who played Preston Burke. Yes. Tweeted this week, a casual 15 years since he was kicked off the show. This is what he says. I'm going to read it to you. This is the grown adult man's words. Hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Already judging. I wonder if I should tweet about the rampant alcohol and drugs used amongst my fellow castmates and producers of Grey's Anatomy and all of the swingers parties that took place. I remained clean for three years and declined the after hour hot tub invites because I was convinced that I would lose my contract with a urine analysis at any moment and lose my dear wife if I got in that woman's hot tub. I wonder dot dot dot. Wonder what? It's just like, there's a lot of the consensus is kind of like, dude, it's been 15 years. (laughs) Like, move on. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Even if this is true, like the chance, if he's talking about like, like backstage people, like the chance that any of those people work there anymore is like pretty slim. As far as like the, the crew. And like I know that like the producers are for sure not the same. And there's weird. Only so many actors and actresses that are the same, right? Oh yeah, everyone else is still the same. Oh. Every single character, they're also there. Yeah. 
But yeah, everyone's well, like, why that's are weird. you doing I, this? Like, you're not being specific. What are you talking about? Has There's he responded like, to any of the messages? Like, is it anyone saying why? Has he responded to any? Has he tweeted back to any responses? I don't Last time I checked, he hadn't, but I can check yet again. Also, his... First of all, he pays for Twitter Blue. So, like, immediately, like, I have red flags. Red flags galore. Um, I just got my blue check mark. No, you didn't. You're right. Anyways, so before we jump into the episode, which I think it's time we do, uh, I would like to shout out a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um, some friends that uh, I've had the opportunity to to chat with. Uh, who've reached out on Instagram and added us uh, and have remained spoiler-free, so thank you. Uh, But I want to start by shouting out our friend Maddie, uh, and uh, I'm not going to reveal the Instagram handle or the the name for privacy reasons, but Maddie and I were chatting uh, a little bit today, and she says, I love the podcast so much. I listen to it every Thursday, and it makes me so happy. And she thanked me for reaching out because I introduced myself and I wanted her to know that we do appreciate it. And uh, I hope that you're having a better day. I know it was a rough day for you. I hope that it gets better. And uh, just just know that Kelsey and I uh, care very deeply. And uh, we thank you. We can't do this without you. And you really, you really do make a difference in our worlds. And also, second shout out is to our friend Brianna who also uh, I had a chance to message on Saturday and she had wrote y'all are hilarious and I'm loving the show. Uh, My husband and I moved around a lot, but we're in Indianapolis for uh, four and a half years. And we listen to this uh, all the time when we're, when we are uh, driving. So really appreciate it. Appreciate that little bit. And uh, they, they also have a little bit of a Disney connection. So a little bit of Disney, heartfelt connection there for all of us so brianna or brianna if i'm saying that correctly i apologize but thank you brie for listening i thank you for those and i'm very distraught by everything on this man's twitter and i kind of wish i had never come to this place because (laughs) we disagree in Basically every day possible, so I'm upset now, but it's fine. (sighs) Should we just get into it? Should we do this? Let me read the Netflix synopsis. Now I'm sad. Okay. Oh, fucking, that really bums me out. Man, alive. Okay. A plumbing leak becomes a flood and wreaks havoc on Seattle Grace. The chief attempts to implement new teaching policies. I actually feel like this is a pretty good synopsis of this episode. Yeah, no spoilers, unlike... No what spoilers, was the one? vague enough for major plots. I don't need specifics to people. Like, this is good. I like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. a good job, Netflix. You did one good. Maybe this is when Shonda started writing for Netflix. <laughs> Can you imagine Shonda writing her <laughs> own Netflix synopsis? Yeah. Or synap- syn- synopses? You see how I said synopses instead of synapses? You mean you said the right word? Yes. There was one time, like, very early on where I said synapses, and she's like, no, that's... One time, dude, you said it a lot of times. It took me... It Finally, I was like, I'm going to correct you. Because one time I would, like, be right off me, like, maybe he misspoke. It was several times, and then I finally corrected you. 
I was I was just the enunciation of what I was saying. I me- I yes. was saying synopsis, but I was pronouncing it synapsis and synapses instead of synopsis and synopses. Like, and synapse different things. Synapses are the brain flashing lightning that goes back and forth between your brain when you're making a synapse, like synapse chat. It's a bummer. I'm just. So <laughs> are you still on his, in, his no, Twitter? I, I Get got off. off of it. It was really hurting my feelings. That was offensive. All right, let's talk Damn. about this recap. <sighs> it's a bummer. Okay. Yeah, this is the finally got a recap. We haven't had one in several episodes. We don't need no stinking recap. Weber so, is changing yeah. the protocol. Lexi mm-hmm. loves George. Meredith needs Christina to be her cheerleader. Her about it. Yes, and Marcus harassing her. You're pathetic. <laughs> um, spit right. on her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I may have missed something in there, but what do you? No, what that was pretty much it. Nice. All right, so, so what do you want to chit-chat about? This podcast, Jan? <laughs> 3 a.m. in podcast land. Let's talk um, about the changes to the program. Yes, let's start there. So start us off. Start us off. What do you got? Um, well, Weber gives his big speech about... Big um, speech. Big fan of the speech, too. About... Um, people not being able to specialize when they are first, second and third year residents and they need to have um, fully and well-rounded educations, which is not a bad point to make. Um, so, you know, I don't disagree with that. A pretty big Izzy call out, you know? <laughs> well, they all got a call out. Um, well, when he's like, we have to learn how to be nice to people, but also how to not get emotionally involved with them and Cut their LVAD wires. I do remember him saying that now that you say that. Mm-hmm. Specifically said and cut. And everyone was like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> um, no, go back. Let me see. I want to make sure I got it all. Everything you said. What stood out to you? Well, I like that they were, as he was doing the speech, he was panning. They were panning back and forth to these patients. Yes. So it was, it was talking. It was hitting the points. And then it was cueing. Or, or cutting to the, uh, the the resident that it was referring to. And at one point he said, you can't make de facto uh, specializations. And it cut to Christina giving a rundown on a guy's mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. And then Weber was like, good job. Alex, you're in. Uh, Which also I wanted to mention that because Han is like good doc, like actually acknowledges Christina doing a good job. She's like, well done, Dr. Yang. Take yeah. him down to prep him. And that's when Weber's like, nay, nay. You should not. You shunned. Uh, so don't. I did want to recognize the fact that Han is also taking the the teaching differently note to heart. Yeah, which is a bummer because Christina finally got her breakthrough, exactly. and then Weber's like, "I failed you." Yeah, and I'm about to fail you the rest of this fucking episode. You really screwed the pooch on this one, Weber. So, and then, yeah, it's the emotionally involved and then it cuts to the patient where they're like, all right, Meredith, go take care of it. And then, uh, he says, yeah, we're, we're not getting emotionally invested. Psychiatry, uh, psychiatry is on the fifth floor. Yeah. And then he's like, we cut, we're surgeons. We cut our, malig- our malignancies and let's, let's start at start home. at home. It's, it's a good speech. It's mm-hmm. really it well is. done. 
I would say. I agree. And I agree that I liked how they were cutting it and interweaving it back and forth with the introductions of the patients. And he says, like, favorites and personal loyalties, personal relationships out the window. We don't give a fuck anymore. Like, we're starting from scratch, essentially. So he takes Christina off of Han's service and puts her on Derek's service, takes Meredith off of Derek's service and puts her on Dr. Bailey's patient. And Izzy gets nothing, I guess. Um, Probably just goes to the clinic. I assume. Uh, where did she go? She was. Oh yeah, she got nothing. She just got nothing. Yeah. She Alex got, got Christina's. Nothing. Christina or Christina got Izzy's. No, no, Meredith got no, Izzy's. Chris, Christina got Meredith's. That's right. So yeah, Izzy got nothing. Izzy got to just fuck around and be weird th- about Alex this whole episode. Yeah. And Alex got to be weird right back. So, so weird. I cannot wait until we get to talk about Alex because I've got some thoughts and not um, the good kind. I have both. Um, so, yeah, with Weber, anything else that was, um, oh, I wanted to mention when they ended up, you know, moving all these patients around because of the flood. But um, when Derek and Christina are in Mark's surgery at the end and Christina's like, we're just watching. And Derek's like, yeah, this is like never going to happen again. I would not miss this. We are just watching. And I did want to mention, like, I thought that was like a good moment of teaching on his part. Yeah, I I do. I thought Derek was actually really good in this episode, except for like one scene, which I, I guess. I didn't love him um, with the Christina stuff, but I did have positive things to say at the end. Yeah. The, the thing with Weber that I really hate in this episode is... He there's it's he's over course correcting with all of right. his pride and ego. So yeah, the what? whole thing with Bailey is not the vibe. No, like you know, she's right. When has she ever been wrong? Never. Also, I know you, you can attest. You can attest. Never. Never. You can, you can attest. I am not a handy person. I know very little about the <laughs> realm of useless water pipes, right? Like you tell me to go fix a water pipe and I might as well just sell the fucking house and buy a new one. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Carbon but does not I, know how to jump a battery. I, well, I did it that one time. Remember I called, I called your husband and he walked me through it. Oh, so yes. Yeah, you did that. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty impressive but, based but on my skill set. You know how to do it. No, I know, know exactly how to, how to jump. Michael. Exactly. That's, we're saying the same thing. So, <laughs> anyways, um, podcast burp. I, I, I would tell, I could tell you, not knowing anything about the situation, you got to fucking turn the water off. Mm-hmm. So Weber has no excuse. He has no excuse. And that's coming from me, folks. Yeah. But then the wa- the water accumulation though doesn't make sense to me. It's it goes from drips to the whole the whole floor is flooded. And there's one scene I have there's one scene in particular when they come out of the elevator and the water just rushes in and then they're like yeah. all panicked, right? Yeah. Weber and Bailey are walking and there are two guys that bring a garbage can <laughs> yeah. to collect water from the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to solve it by catching the water from the ceiling. And then the guy falls down. I watched that that scene 10 times. Like, and then there was like how they were moving the patients. 
I was so focused on the garbage can. I was not watching the patients. They had like a clear plastic tarp laid fully over and head to toe bodies of the patients as though they're dead. Wait, really? Yes. I did not see that. They have them full. It's so funny. Like, it's like, what is that? Like, is it a poncho? Is it a trash bag? Like, it's very funny to me. It's just all of the interns practicing their stitching on Ziploc bags. Like, probably. I was. Oh, I was my like, gosh. I did not. I, I'm going to need to go back and watch that a yeah, little bit just really to see funny. that scene. But the, the, the scene where the two guys with the garbage can and it's just there's there's water from the, the ceiling falling into the garbage can. I'm like, guys, it's it's not it's it doesn't matter. We're past at this, this point. point. This is the definition of like being paid to do a job inefficiently and it's okay just we need to own it All also right. the fact that it's two people doing it yeah. and not just like when when you trick your boss into letting your bestie work with you yes <laughs> this single project is now a partner's project <laughs> yeah oh shit anyways that was that was just so funny and i i like that weber has a little bit of arc in this episode mm-hmm. and also he's got an arc that interacts with both Bailey and George which is which is which is cool but mm-hmm. uh yeah not he he didn't handle the situation well it was terrible it's just so terrible yeah not great leadership honestly um also on the note of George like when George is like oh i'm still your intern i'll help you he should have been like no you go take your test like yeah ultimately at the end he's like let me make sure you get to take your test today but he should have been that from the very beginning that's not good leadership i it's taking I advantage i i felt kind of the opposite i felt like he saw that george was stressed and nervous and getting into his head and i don't think that he would have succeeded if he would have taken the test in that exact moment he was stressed because he couldn't take the test because they couldn't find a room that wasn't flooding and but i'm what i'm saying is even though the situation was caused by Weber's dumbassery <laughs> doesn't mean, I, I don't know. I read it a little bit different. In this, no, in this I definitely episode. was like, wow. Cause he went to George and was like, I need your help because he thought he had already taken the test. Right. But when he and realized when, that he didn't, he was like, Oh, okay. No, no, don't he worry. He was like, Oh yeah, you take your test. I'm going to go be pouty over here. And then but, George is but like, George no, was no, also being you. pouty. He was being a pout pout fish. Okay, I have bought these uh, another one of those because I whoever like does the marketing where they put pictures of all the other versions of the book you have for your children on the back of the book that you're reading your child. Mm. I hate them mm. and they're a genius. Because <laughs> Scarlett will like will finish a book and she'll turn it over and be like, I want this one and this one and this one and this one. And because it's books, not toys, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll buy you a book. But, yeah. but be a genius, please. So then I found the Christmas version of the Pow Pow Fish. And it's very what? Mm-hmm. There's a Christmas? I need it. I need mm-hmm. to get it. It's very That's good. That's incredible. Anyways, no, I don't think George was being a Pow Pow Fish. I think he was being a stress stress fish. Right. But I think he that was stressed. Weber helped. I think Weber helped say, no, hey, let's didn't. turn that stress pout frown. But it worked out, didn't it? Because now he yeah, passed his end, test by one point. Yeah, at the end, he decided to be good at his job. He's going to pass by one point. That's like that would bum me out if I was George and I pass fail baby pass fail doesn't yeah but like to know that I failed by one and then to know that I only pass I want I'd be like really I've learned nothing 
I'm, no, you I'm learned one thing. seriously a moron. You learned one or two questions <laughs> worth, depending on their point values. I also love when George is like, I am not married and cheating on my wife with my best friend. And the proctor is just like, <laughs> I'm just trying to write on my legal pad. <laughs> I have three hours to do Sudoku, my friend, <laughs> and my crosswords, and you're ruining it. I am not looking to have this conversation with you, stranger. Not after the last time I had this conversation <laughs> with a different stranger yesterday. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, any more about Weber? I guess just like on the Bailey thing, when he's arguing with her, and then he yells like, we don't yell at Dr. Bailey. I don't care who you are. We don't yell at Dr. Bailey. Well, it, th- first off, she shares this anecdote about Tuck throwing the toy soldier into the toilet, and then all of a sudden there's poo-poo water everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Weber, first off, it's foreshadowing for us. Obviously, poo-poo water is going to get everywhere, right? <laughs> but she had to fight. Like, why is that not enough of a story to just let Weber to for Weber to be like, yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah, I don't I don't want that. This could be this could turn terrible. Imagine it being so shitty that you drop from a 12 down now to a 24 or a 50. Because mm-hmm. you didn't just shut off the poo-poo water valve. Exactly. But she ends up convincing him in the end. And then what does he say? Try not to to gloat Blow. while you walk away. And she's like, I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't dream of it, sir. As she gloats. No gloating here. No, she was, it's no, she the, was very graceful the thing about like saying, I told you so is like very rarely is it fun. Oh yeah. You know I mean, I'm never 100%. like, I mean, sometimes if I'm like, Carmen, you're for sure going to get that job and you're like, no, no. And then you get the job and I'm like, I told you so like, that's a good time. Right. That's right. like a great time to say it. But the majority of times in my life when I found it myself saying it is I'm like, oh, don't do that. You'll fall and break something. And then, like, someone's laying there with a broken leg. You don't want to be like, fucking told you. Because their leg is broken. The leg, the broken bone is telling them for me. <laughs> uh, you and I both know. Like, I don't want to be right. And I just I am all the time. I would love it if someone else was right for once in my fucking life. Well, the problem is, is that when you and I are together, I'm the one who's always right. He's never right. I am I right fucking God. every single fucking time. Remember that I one time? I would love for you to be right sometimes. Remember that? Remember that yeah. time? What about that other time? you said that George and Izzy were never going to have sex. All right, everyone. If you see Carmen walking down the streets <laughs> and if you got a dream, go and chase it. No spoilies. Living in Shondaland. We'll see you in the next one. Never because this podcast is done. You took it too far. You're not right. I I am always right. This is the this is the issue. Anyways, it's not my fault that I'm perfect and everyone else is only okay. That's a direct Bailey quote. That's how to she Weber. feels as she should <laughs> because Weber. she is perfect and everyone else is only okay. Um so yeah, anything else with Bailey and Weber and not really. It's, you know, they 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 kind of have an intertwined story. Um yeah. Bailey gets to does she who who does she perform? She's she's doing some medicine. Oh, she does the medicine on the the girl with the yeah the tumor, the, which is sad. Yeah, 
So we get to see Bailey doing some medicine, which is good. You know, after all yes. the stuff that she's been through to actually see her doing medicine is always kind of encouraging. Yeah. It, I think it helps us as, as the viewers continue to remember that what she's again. gone through is is worth it. Right. It's not all for nothing. It's not all in vain. It's not like getting married and then cheating on your wife and then breaking up and then doing all those kind of things. And then it's not all in vain, you know. Also, we don't hear anything about her marriage. So I guess we're assuming that she still has it. No news is good news. Um, is this the episode also where she was like, this is me teaching with enthusiasm? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Meredith, she's like being nice and Meredith is like, what the fuck is happening? Where um, was that? That was, was in... that when she was talking about um, like the joys of general surgery is like there's yes. sadness and you take it out and then everything else is just fine. But it yes. wasn't fine. She said that Bailey was, uh, I was like, she seems to really enjoy this this general surgery stuff. And then she goes, this is me teaching with enthusiasm. Yeah, that was, that was a funny Bailey quote. Cause yeah. Meredith is just like, uh, I don't what? need this. I, I just quit therapy. I don't need this Bailey. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, so we'll just talk about Bailey and Meredith's patient, Shelly. Shelly, the cancer girl. Yeah. Shelly is a precious angel. Um, obviously very connected to Izzy makes a lot of sense. Like they're very similar personality wise. Like she's very positive. She's trying to like stay optimistic. Um, they have found liver. Is it liver cancer? I think it's liver cancer. Um, but That's they're like, believe, Oh, yeah. we're going to go in and remove it. Everything's going to be fine. Like you'll have like, she's already had chemo. Um, and now they're going to do the surgery and like get the rest of the cancer. And like, it's all going to be great. Um, and her sister is like a panic person, which like I relate to a lot and, but she's like, no, we're staying positive. Like it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. All this stuff. And then unfortunately when they get in there, it is not fine. There's like way more than they saw on the scans. And basically all they can do is keep her comfortable. Um, her sister's like fighting for her to get into a clinical trial, but we're kind of led to believe that that's not going to be her choice. We also have seen the success rates of clinical trials. And if they're anything <laughs> like Derek and Meredith's, they just kill people for sport. Yeah. Right? That was Derek's so, quote. Yeah. We're killing people for sport. I'm throwing away my champagne. <laughs> um, this this patient is, what was her name? Shelly? She yeah. She has a lot of just fun energy around her. Yeah. And she's like, all right, so like spill it. And Meredith's like, spill what? And she's like, the deets. Give me anything. Give me literally anything any gossip i need some tea yeah so ends up talking about the boyfriend talks about Derek, mm -hmm. and i like the scene where she's like you never told me he has that good of a head of hair or something like that <laughs> and i'm like that's what everyone says to jessica when we first met and still do to this day i've never said that to jessica it was 12 years ago you, you one of the forgot. times that i think i offended carmen the most is when i said carmen sometimes you leave to go fix your hair and you're gone for 20 minutes and you come back and your hair looks the same I was like, Carmen's going to get mad at me for saying this, but it's how I feel. And you couldn't have been more wrong. That was the first time that I knew that you were always wrong. <laughs> you guys, like, I, I can never show you a before or after picture because when he will not let a picture be taken when his hair is not done, unless he has a hat on. So I can't prove it, but I know in my heart that I am correct. Also, like the amount of time that it takes this man to do his hair. It's quite a process. Well, I've got he it down. He has a process. Yes, he's like has it. Like, I've got it down to a lot. You could probably do it in his sleep. <laughs> I'm sure I could. I have to teach Jessica how to do it so that one day when I inevitably die before her, she could do my hair for the funeral. 
before I get <laughs> I'm cremated. Tell her not to. Wow. Is it? That you're not doing I, an open casket. Yes, I am. I want people to watch me I'm get. I'm not coming put, to that. Why? Because I we've talked about this. I hate open caskets. So what? We are podcast hosts, and this is how yeah. you're going to do me in my will. I'm going to have it that if you aren't at my funeral and you don't make direct eye contact with me, I'm going to have them put marbles in my eye sockets so that they can hold them open and look directly at you. You're going to traumatize your child. <laughs> this is one of those times when I would be correct and Carmen would be wrong. But it wouldn't matter because the only way you'd be right is if I was dead. That would be a bummer. But that why, would be a bummer. I, I we I thought we had talked about not being open casket people. No, no, I I don't mind the open casket. Why? That's not what you look like when you're alive. I would get. I would have them inject Botox into me, so I look good. That also dead not what you dead look Botox. Like. <laughs> you look bad, so that would be not accurate. <laughs> wow. Anyways, this is a um, different conversation. For Patreon. <laughs> let's, let's Talk about our Patreon wills. Where we plan our funerals. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. so she gets, so they go in, they're doing the surgery and Bailey's like, well, fucking shit. Damn it. Yeah. The whole, what I'm assuming is the cancer metastasized to the major blood vessel that connected to her liver is what I was gathering. That might be the case. I couldn't really say for certain, but they were upset about it. It was not promising was not like a good outlook for for anybody it seemed like that was it it seemed like this is her lot in yeah. life now did you get that same yeah. vibe rewatching yeah this? for sure they were like mm. when i mean when a doctor says sorry we don't have better news we can keep you comfortable like it doesn't make me feel like you're gonna be comfortable she also maybe should have had a couple of follow-up questions maybe i mean i don't know when you've when you like get that far in it like who knows you know I yeah I don't know I I it, it's a hard thing to think of like this yeah. this episode also the thing that I love and hate about watching medical shows is it's constantly putting my own mortality into into like my my front of my cerebellum you know and uh, oh man you know what fuck I'm so mad what I just thought of a killer lady antebellum joke. You know okay. when that thought is right on can, the tip the tip top of your lady antebellum? Can you tell your your sentence though? Uh anyways, like the guy with the pancreatic cancer which basically and I don't, I know I'm jumping ahead but Alex was like we don't get it until it's too late. It's a death sentence by the yeah. time it's caught. Yeah. That to me is terrifying because you don't know what's going on yeah. in your own fucking body. What the f- what? Mm-hmm. What? And colon cancer is the same. Well, with colon cancer, honestly, I think a lot of it is there are early signs, but people are like really embarrassed. So they don't want to talk to their doctor about it. Like a lot of times, like if you have like blood in your stool um, consistently, that can be like a sign of colon cancer. But a lot of people are hesitant to bring it up because they're like, it's embarrassing to like talk about poop. That's what people think. And so this like colon cancer is is another one that like people find really late strictly because they don't want to like talk to their doctor about it. Pancreatic cancer is hard to detect unless you're, is that what they're testing for when they stick their fingers up your butt? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's prostate cancer. That's prostate. Prostate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things, which I think also, I mean, do you feel like prostate checks are something that you're terrified of? 
hundred percent. But also, yeah. I've never done. I've never done one. Well, yeah, because it's like a mammogram. They're like, you don't need to do it until you're like forty. But you know, a lot of people get cancer younger than that. Well, forty is the new thirty-five, and thirty-five is the new twenty-five. You know, well, like they changed the age of mammograms from fifty to forty. But I'm like, it needs to be younger. Like I have just there's. The number of women who have been getting diagnosed with breast cancer, like between the ages of 35 and 40, has like skyrocketed over the past five years. Have you gotten mammograms? No, because, um, well, I like just finished um, pumping and and giving Bennett breast milk. But now that I'm not, I think I'm going to request one and I'm sure they're going to push back on me. And like insurance a lot of times will be like, this isn't indicated. We're not going to cover it. And I'm going to be like, bet, fight me. You're going to cover it because it's cheaper than covering cancer. Right. So, well, I don't know. It, it, uh, I don't know. See, here's the thing. Like, uh, looking at, like, parental medical history, too, is Mm -hmm. just terrifying. Like, I know that I need to take better care of my health because my dad's side of the family is riddled with heart disease. Yeah, same. So, like, I need to be better. And that, I think, is a hard part of knowing that you need to be better and then just not doing it, right? And then it creates, like, a, a double double down kind of spiral and then it's i don't know Uh, also like finding a pcp is like a nightmare yeah we don't we don't have one we don't either and we've been back like insurances make it difficult to like navigate their website to find out who's in network and then you go on and you're like looking and like sometimes they have great reviews and sometimes they have mostly great and one person is like this person is a piece of garbage and i'm like well what if that's my experience and it's just like exhausting you know who actually did a really good job at that like what disney i found a pcp from disney and even a dermatologist Mm -hmm. from the disney website when i was yeah i found a pcp because i said kayla who's your pcp and she told me and that's who i went to perfect but Disney pissed me off because the insurance switched so that you like needed a referral. Oh yeah. And I had already yeah. been seeing this guy for my um like a wrist thing and then it was like I started seeing him in October and then I like needed to go back in February and I like called to make the follow up and they were like you need a referral. And I was like I've been here and they were like yeah, the insurance changed and I was like that's fucking stupid. Can he just not refer himself to me? No, it was so dumb. It was so dumb. Oh my God, it was so annoying. So then I had to go to the PCP and be like, hey, can you give me a referral to this man I've already seen? Oh my God. And that's when they said, do you need a referral to speak to us, ma'am? So fucking annoying. Anyways, um, yeah, anyway, so cancer is scary to your point of like, you know, not knowing how far things get. Make sure you're talking to doctors, keeping up, With things like if you feel like something is wrong, you know, talk to someone. And if you feel like you're being dismissed, you don't have to talk to that person. You can talk to a new person. Also, if you ask a doctor to like do like a CT scan or an MRI or any kind of like blood test and they say no, just be like, okay, great. Can you put it in my chart that I've requested this and that you're saying no? Like always say that for record keeping purposes. Sometimes they'll be like, fine they'll do the test rather than record the fact that they're saying no, because on the off chance that later on they're wrong, that's not going to come back. Great. Yeah. That is a lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah. So earning your money the old fashioned way. It's definitely hard, but stand up for yourself, advocate for yourself. Yeah. So the end of this particular patient, you know, as we're going through, it's funny because they kicked 
Izzy off because she was getting emotionally invested. And it turns mm-hmm. out Meredith was also getting emotionally invested. So maybe in this case, it wasn't the doctor. It was the patient, which well, is fine I because she's it's also different because when Izzy gets emotionally invested, like if Izzy had been in that surgery, she would have been like, no, we have to do more. Ah, give her my liver. Give her my blood. Like Meredith is still being a good doctor. But like, give her the my issue liver. Is like, Izzy goes too hard. You know, she like yells at people. She cuts LVAD wires. She ruins lives. It's she just not. She saves a deer in the back of a truck. It's, it's, why is she a doctor? Why is she there? Well, you have to remember, she was so born in a trailer park. So that's why she wants to be a doctor. I mean, started from the bottom and now she's here, but like, what's the point? I was being facetious. I mean, I'm glad that she pulled yeah. herself up by those bootstraps, but... <laughs> by those boob straps. I almost made that joke, but I didn't think it was appropriate. It is appropriate. And then Probably would at have been the more end, appropriate from me, a person with boobs. Mm, well, I also, too, have boobs right now. Um, <laughs> I am very pro teaching my children, like, the anatomically correct words for body parts. Like, I don't think there's any point in like hiding things i think it keeps everyone safer in the long run so like scarlet knows what boobs are and the other day she like <laughs> came home from school and i was like talking to her about school and she was like oh this kid i won't say his name but she was like oh so and so made me sad and i was like oh what did he do and she goes well he threw a toy at my boob <laughs> it's like so funny to have her say that to me i'm like hearing it too in her little voice her little kid yeah he tore a toy at my boob because he's boob i thought you were gonna say so hard i thought you were gonna say breast is what i thought you were teaching her (laughs) how to say no 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 not that anatomically correct no anyways oh yeah so we 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 get a we get a scene that's on par with the girl who says what don't don't say anything. Yes, I had the I had the same thought. Yeah, and she anything. just says over and over because it, it we we fast forward to the end where she's like, I need you to tell me what happened. Like I need you to yeah. know what happened with with you and Derek. And basically, she got there. There was some there was some kind of trigger in there for her emotionally where she's like, I like. I'm stuck here. I'm going to die. And you're worried about breaking up with your boy. Like you're going to break up with your boyfriend over this because of a roommate situation. Yeah. I don't think that's what happened. I know. So I'm, I, I don't remember the exact conversation, but it was in that conversation. Like she was like telling like, Oh, so what'd you decide? Oh yeah. She said, that was the conversation. I think you're going to break up with them. But she yeah, yeah. says no fair, but she's not crying because that's not fair. She's crying because it's not fair that she's going to die. No, no. I understand that. That's what I'm okay. saying. There was something, something within that conversation that broke her is what I was. I think what I was just the words. No fair. Yeah. And that is that, what it was. And then she just, that was it. It's, it, yeah. it's, it is cancer is no fucking fair cancer does really not care who you are cancer. fuck cancer heart attacks aneurysms cancer no it does none of it yeah. fucking cares yeah all right anything else with shelly death does not discriminate between um, the sinners and the saints takes, and takes. yeah i think i just wanted to say when she like asked meredith to talk to her she's like oh my sister's like always talking about my cancer like that distract me it reminded me of the episode with big jim when they have the the wife and the surgery and the husband 
is like to George, it's like, oh, can you tell me something to distract me? And then he's like, oh, my friends don't think my girlfriend washed her hands. And then he was like, well, I hope she did because she just did surgery on my knee. <laughs> it's fine if you don't oh, remember yes. it. I've seen it 87 no, times. So. I do. It's talking about uh, uh, Callie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. that's Yeah, yeah that's... Oh, throwback. I want to go. I want to watch that. I want to watch these episodes again, but I can't watch them until we finish the show, and then I'll I'll go back and watch them. some like here and there. No, 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 no. Because also, I want to I record sorry, me rewatching them. I can them. hear myself talking differently, and it is because I have been watching one of my favorite content creators who just creates content where she mocks the Kardashians, and I am like, I've been doing the voice like to Michael. Like just talking to him in a regular conversation with the Kardashian voice because I think it's so funny. I was like crying, laughing, watching it, and I can hear myself like doing it, like still doing it, and I am so sorry. I don't. I, what are you doing? What's the What's the voice? Not the. <laughs> say something. Uh, I'm gonna say Carmen is the coolest. Not the coolest. <laughs> Not Carmen. <laughs> I'll send you some videos. <laughs> I need to it's see like it. my favorite creator. She's so fucking, she just makes fun of them. But like, obviously as a fan, cause she like knows enough. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I love it. It's like, brings me a lot of joy in my heart. Makes me laugh. All right. So what's next? Not the ice. <laughs> Not the gluten. Um, hey, this next? is uh this hard seltzer by Kirkland signature is uh gluten free. Stop sponsor like you are advertising for free stop doing that <laughs> did i say kirkland signature i meant schmirkland schmirkland um was there anything else with shelly this Hold shit on. is disgusting like... absolute <laughs> piss water don't buy it <laughs> <sighs> now well now we're never gonna get a costco sponsorship you just stop you talking mean schmostco stop talking about things <laughs> ever this episode is brought to you by oh Gray's God. Academy. Wait, what? Should we just divorce this podcast? No, we have we have things to talk about. Okay, let's talk about Callie and Han, and then we'll go into the rest. We'll, we'll power through the end. You can tell that it's fucking it's 3 a.m. here because we are having a, a hard, hard time. Mm -hmm. So, okay, Callie and Han. We have a couple scenes where Han is like, listen, I have some terrible, terrible news. Uh, Mark knows about us. And she's like, yeah, doy. Yeah, no shit. I fucking told him. Yeah. How the fuck? Like, what? 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 He told me to go fuck you. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? We so, are together because of the span. Yeah. So, and she did not enjoy that. So. No, she, she was mad. She was big mad that, that Han. And i like i like this episode for the two of them because they're actually having like a healthy conversation they're yeah. not getting too stressed out even though like clear oh, for a second there i thought that callie was giving mark some like sex eyes their friendship eyes there it's a very subtle difference friend well eyes and they and have had sex. sex so it right. is a different kind of friendship and han right. says like oh i just hate him because he's seen you naked yeah so we we get a couple of good scenes with them. We get the scene where uh, Mark walks in on on Callie and Han, and uh, like obviously he says something very inappropriate because uh, he goes, "Oh man, sorry, did I walk in on you two feeling each other up?" Maybe that's an HR call. Maybe we 
We've determined there's no HR at this hospital. Oh, yeah, right. That's why they're number 12. <laughs> they need to hire Jessica. Yeah. To work remote. Well, obviously. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I understand where Han is coming from being like, especially because it's like new and they don't really know. A, they don't know what their relationship is, but they also probably like are trying to figure out now at this point their sexuality. Like they're now both questioning their own sexuality. So I understand like her hesitation, especially since she already like found Mark to be very annoying. But I don't think it's right to be like, you can't talk to your best friend because he bothers me. And because you boned. Like it's, it's fine. Everyone in this whole fucking hospital boned. Also, there this was a brief moment where so incestuous. Yeah, you know all these hot tub parties where people are just doing the drugs. <laughs> oh my God. I just like <laughs> so sad now. You remind I forgot, and now you've reminded me. And that's a callback. Oh, uh, anyways, so what did I, what else did I write about Mark here? I wrote a, I wrote a note. Wrote a note here about Mark Marcus Aurelius. Oh yeah, it's just funny. So I did write a, this was the the first thing he eggs on Han about Callie, and the way the the look on her face when she first finds out that he knows was absolutely hilarious. So I just wanted to make sure that I noted that. Yeah, when they're I in think, the like before Weber gives his speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're talking about this? I thought you were talking about you and Kelly boning, uh, fucking Mark. So. But then we get this end scene with Callie where she says, you know, I can't give up pieces of myself again. You know? Yeah. I was married and slowly it killed me. And Mm -hmm. here I am with a woman. And I need my friend. Yeah. And that's okay. And I need to process like out loud. Like that's how she processes things. I also wouldn't have said this first time meeting Mark, but where we're at right now with Mark, I also don't think that he would make a move on Callie. Okay. Because I, I feel, let me, let me rephrase. If they broke up kind of like where she said, yeah, Han and I, we're not going to explore this. He would make a move. Right. But if she's venting, go ahead. I was going to say, if if Callie goes to him to vent, he's not going to be like, how about this? How about I have sex with you right now? So you can remember how much you want to have sex with a woman. And, (laughs) but I think it's more like he is going to confide in her. He's still, he's still Mark, right? Was it, what was this quote? I didn't have a lobotomy. Like I'm still thinking about this (laughs) shit, right? (laughs) So he's not going to say no to sex with Callie, nor should you. Right. But it's, it's one of those things where I think he kind of respects that she's going through this journey of trying to learn who she is. And I don't think Mark is going to do anything intentionally to hinder that. Also, like he was very supportive. Like we saw that's what I'm I'm saying. Finale where he was like, go be with her or whatever. Like it's fine. Um, And then also I think it is worth noting that yes, they have had sex, but at no point was their relationship about feelings. It was only ever about sex and nothing else. Correct. Correct. Um, Which I definitely think like, had it been a different dynamic, it, it would be a different situation, but because of that, I think it's like the least threatening sexual past that she could be interacting with. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Also, when he she like tells him to stop and he's like, I can't. And she's like, <laughs> but she hates it. And he's like, that's why I can't. Like, okay. <laughs> Annoying, but okay. Yeah. On brand. Oh, it's like goodness. a very big brother kind of thing. Yeah, 
which is kind of cute, but he really is. And like anyone who, as long as you're not an intern, he will be a decent person to you. If you're an intern, he literally thinks that you are, he, if you had a picture (laughs) of a dookie and an intern right next to each other, I swear he would not know the difference. He, you know, he was not terrible to Lexi this episode. Well, because she fucking figured shit out and has a photographic memory. Yeah. I know that's why I'm just saying he wasn't. Let me also, let me just tell you. So I've been giving this a lot of thought. Okay. You know what I realize in TV shows with, with people with photographic memories, no one ever questions them. No one ever challenges them. No one ever goes, Oh really? Page 19 of this book. Okay. Let's look. You dickhead. She was right. Like, why would he, why would she be lying if, if she was right? Because here's the thing. I could be right about something, which I always am. And I could make up. That's never happened. Imagine you're at a grocery store and someone goes, oh man, I wonder why uh, these watermelon are so big. And then you're saying, well, actually it's because like you, like, let's just say you happen to be doing an art you were reading and you saw that uh, this, there's the active ingredient in a, in a pesticide used specifically on watermelons, helps them last longer and fight off ladybugs and they're more susceptible to pollination from bees, right? This is all hypothetical. I don't even know if that exists. I'm just making shit up. Let's say you're at a grocery store and a mom and a kid are shopping and the kid goes, mom, these watermelons are huge. Despite the jokes that should be going through your head, uh, you go, well, actually, this is because X, Y, and Z. And she goes, oh, that's so crazy. How do you know that? And then you say, well, it's because on page 413 of the most recent New York Times Medical Journal, this came out and it had a whole article, blah, 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 paragraph 13, blah, 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 blah. And then no one's going to check you. But later on in the week, she's going to be telling all of her mom friends about how she ran into someone at the, at the Kroger who has a photographic memory. And you, that's your legacy now. All I'm saying but is that, make it up. Who the, fucking cares? To strangers, that, just make it up. Well, sometimes lies hurt people. And also always double check before you share facts. That's how we have misinformation, which is different than disinformation. But that's like a, a soapbox I could die on. Um, so <laughs> we won't go into that. But um, like sounds like see, Isaiah Washington doesn't know the if difference. You, oh, my God. If you see um, like a video on TikTok where they're like, this is the best way to sterilize your phone. And they like spray water on their phone and then put it in the microwave. Like if you do that, I don't feel bad for you. You're a moron. Like look into it before you do it. No, no. What I'm, the point I'm making is, you know, the fact that someone is talking about, you're just making up the book that doesn't exist of how you know it so that you could tell people you have a photographic memory. To to what end? Like, what's the end game? That's the end. You are going to be the topic of conversation in that person's life. But that doesn't affect me. No, but you have a legacy. And no, I don't because they don't even know story, my name. No, no, that story's going to grow. That story's going to be incredible. And you're going to be a genius forever in that person's mind. I am a genius forever, regardless. Also, okay. someone you does don't... check her. I mean, they don't check the page, but Mark makes her recite the periodic table of elements. Okay, and she could have had the first 25 memorized. And then she said, I can keep... No, but I'm not being challenged. I'm also not saying that this particular bit is the bit that I would do. I don't understand anything that comes out of your mouth. All right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's take a minute. This is one of my favorite nicknames was introduced in this episode, and that's when Alex calls her Lexipedia. That's fucking funny. So funny. And excellent. Excellent pun work, Alex. It's lexellent. 
that was garbage. Like, why? <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> Not the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those okay. times where people are sitting at home going, oh, yeah, Carmen, you should you should seek help for this emotional abuse you endure. <laughs> After right. I was doing it for like three hours the other night, Michael said something about me hurting his feelings, and I went, "Not your feelings." <laughs> <laughs> Why? Was Why like, are we like was, this? It was too funny. No, it was a perfect setup. I, I, I like, would have come on, Michael. Yeah, don't come on. <laughs> yeah. Not Anyways, let's take let's take a brief moment for some words from our regional sponsors. Thank you for supporting us, and we'll be back after a word from these brief messages. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And we are back. Thank Just you. in time for everyone's segment, favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! Wow, it's like a helicopter exploded there. It was a helicopter falling and crashing. Thank you for catching that. Um, okay, so we have one, two, three. We have two ladies and a man. Shelly. Yes. Barry. Fuck Who's the Barry? Barry is is his name Barry? Is the, the guy who uh he's the guy Alex's patient? Jack? <laughs> Jack. Barry was the brain the brain de- the brain hurt guy. The, the Yes, you're right. Yes. You're right. Mm-hmm. But the heart guy, Alex's patient. Was he was he the other living in Chanelan? Is he the guy? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, okay. All right. The other, okay, I'm going really obscure for, for the moonshot. The girl in Alex's bed is the other girl from Living in Shondaland. It's not, but the way oh. she is credited on in, in IMDb is naked girl. <laughs> so that's delightful. My um, actual no, guess it's, is it's Shelly's sister. It is Shelly's sister, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so, take a half a win on that because I was being facetious. Remember the one Jim, time it was like the guy who, it was the accountant. Yeah. And I did check her. I checked her, um, her, you know, listings, and it was oh, not you check her. All of them. I know you do. I mean, I'm just saying she was listed. She was, in fact, in in the episode. Naked hot chick. <laughs> that was her name. Um. So yes. Uh. Jim or Tleb or Tleb. Uh, played Jack O'Brien. He was in one episode of Station 19 and one episode of How to Get Away with Murder. Um, Samantha Kwan plays Shelly. She was in one episode of Private Practice. And Susie Nakabora played Jen. And she was in one episode of Station 19 and one episode of Private Practice. Very nice. So, have it. I live love in that. Shondaland. Living, living, living in Shondaland. 
beautiful. I'm going to write a song. I'm going to write that song, Living in Shondaland. Also, before private practice started, I could scroll someone's IMDb page. And when I got to Gray's, I knew I didn't have to scroll any further because there wasn't going to be anything before that. But now where we are is aired post private practice. So I have to keep scrolling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to a point where we're going to start looking looking for Bridgerton too. (laughs) I've been looking for Bridgerton, but that would be at the top. Oh yeah, that's right. I have to go past Gray's now. Um, so yeah. All right. Anyways, speaking of the guy who Alex had as a patient, let's talk about that guy. Jack. Um, yes, Jack O'Brien. He's having a hard time. Apparently the world's worst luck. Yeah. When he's like, you know, this is just my lot in life. Talk about a way. fucking pout pout fish. Am I right? Yeah, that is that is true. Blub, blub, blub. The definition of the pow pow fish for sure. Um, the thing that I hated about this yeah. guy's little little scene, so they introduce us and he's like, well, uh, my chair broke and my cat ran away and my porch broke and my TV only plays in green. And then Alex is like, well, hold on. Let me get you a new chair. And he's like, I'll walk directly onto a fucking puddle of water and slips and hits his head. <laughs> The guy goes into the CT machine. The water drips on, and it it sparks a fuse. The guy gets cut open uh, in the middle of surgery, and the roof literally caves in because of the water. Thanks, Weber. Not my chief. And uh, <laughs> just kidding. We love him. Uh, I'm trying to find ways to just slightly burn Isaiah while while we're, while we're talking. <laughs> Ugh, uh, <that's> sad. So <laughs> remember when we were going to pool our money together to get him to do a cameo for us? Not anymore. Yeah, I'm very glad. You know why yeah. he has to do cameos? Because no one wants to work with him because this is the fucking shit he's pulling. Oh, 15 gosh. years later, he's going to bitch about Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, And then post wild. God knows what lies on fucking Twitter. Can't yeah. deal with people. So anyways, as they're open up, which this dude's just getting poo-poo water inside of him, they find the pancreatic cancer, which is crazy. So, mm-hmm. Which I had a family friend who had not a similar experience because like it wasn't that crazy, but it was like during the pandemic when they weren't letting like anybody into hospitals other than patients. So her husband had to take her and drop her off at the emergency room. Cause she was having like horrendous pain and it was her um, appendix. And she's like my mom's best friend. And so she goes in and while they're in there, they find a tumor on something that was near the appendix, but it was another thing where they were like, yeah, this is one we do not find normally. Like, I mean, it was stage one. All they had to do was take out the tumor. They didn't have to do anything else. But it was only because she went in with appendicitis that they even found it. It was crazy. I was going to make... What comes after the appendix? Addendums? She found the addendum right next to her appendix. (laughs) Why? You're doing a bad job today. (laughs) Take a nap. (laughs) She found the epilogue right next to her appendix. What? Do you know what an epilogue (laughs) is? It comes after the prologue. No, it doesn't. It comes after the book. <laughs> okay, but the prologue comes before the book, right? I'm just saying, if it goes prologue, then book, then epilogue, it still goes prologue, then epilogue. Somebody come get this man because I don't want him anymore. Somebody come get her. You're so dumb. I'm sorry. Could not be. This is when you, this is, you know what you're doing right now. You're missing Gabe too much. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do miss Gabe. Oh, Gabe. All Talk right. To Gabe every day. Anyways, fucking, um, all right, this shit, this fucking guy, God hates me, he says. Yeah, so I would be suing them. Like, and I mean, yeah, they're being really nice, but not even suing them. I would just be like, so this is comped, right? I'm not paying for any of this, right? Like, I won't sue you, but you won't bill me and we'll just call it even. Yeah. <laughs> Treat me like a king by paying for everything. Get me that extra ticket to Disneyland, Dr. Weber. Exactly. So yeah, he's um, you know, and and Alex makes the point of being like, yeah, he's not like the type, the lawsuit type, which I agree with. Like he's like, oh, this is just how my life works. So fuck me. Um, which I think we all have those days, but we're not necessarily as committed to it as he is. Um, and then, but before the surgery, he has the moment of being like, I'm not even going to get the surgery. Like, what's the point? I'm just going to die. And then Alex is like, come on, man. Like, you got to have something. Or even the possibility of something. And he's like, yeah, there's this girl at the grocery store. I really want to say hello to, but I keep chickening out. Just ask her about the produce instead. I actually think that's kind of cute. It is kind of cute. And it's also, this is a weird fucking scene for Alex because he's just leering at Izzy the whole time. After being a huge turd when she asked him to live with her. For so many episodes, he's been a turd. He's been a jackass. No, no, he's he's a fucking jackass. No, I'm just thinking of the end of last episode when she sees him and then has the vision of Denny. So, yeah. No, he hasn't been nice to her since he cried about Ava. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Alex has a good moment. He's like, listen, dude, it's science. Like this, I'm going to science away your bad luck. It's the law of averages. Mm-hmm. Shit's going to turn yeah. around. And I actually really like that scene because he's like, listen, I have I have someone that I'm, you know, that that gets me to, to make sure that I'm not blow, throwing away my shot. And he looks right at Izzy. And he's and then and then the freaking guy's like, are you Jack's like, are you making this up? And he's like, no, nah, dude, fuck. Well, yeah, but he's like, oh, my girlfriend had a hysterical pregnancy and then tried to kill herself when I was in the next room. And he's like, are you lying? <laughs> like, what a terrible thing to lie about if he is lying straight to hell. Um, also, there's no there, asking someone, are you lying after they say something very personal? It, there, there's no <laughs> there is no benefit because if they are lying, they're not going to tell you and you just look like a dickhead. And if they're not lying, you just undermined them opening up to you about something that's very probably very serious to them. Yeah. So again, you're a dickhead. Yeah, you're a dickhead. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, so what did you, I mean, uh, yeah, Alex has been a huge dick to Izzy. So what did you make of that when he's like the possibility of something and he's like staring at her? I don't, Alex clearly does not know what he wants. And if he does, he he needs therapy is what he needs. (laughs) Well, they all do. But yes, Alex does. But Alex needs it for sure. It's not that hard to just tell someone how you feel and like. Mm, Well, I think it is. Okay. I mean, physically it's not, but I think the fear of rejection makes it hard. And the way I read it is like after everything with Ava, he doesn't want to like fall for someone else again and have it go the absolute worst way it could go again. I guess, I guess, but I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. The way he's acting towards Izzy directly is fucking stupid and like could not be a high school boy. Pure shit. But like the overall, like the reason I think that he's like hesitant to like pursue anything is like the fear associated with the way that a, the last time they were together, it didn't work out. And B like his last relationship was just like 
so bad. So wild. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have a hard time actually un- like thinking that Alex wants to be with Izzy for more than just sex because I don't know. They're really they're really painting him in this in this very interesting like bipolarish almost kind of way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you have the childhood that we're being led to believe that Alex has, it makes sense that you could have some imbalance over time. So, but again, therapy would really help him in this situation. So yeah, for sure. So the guy, I thought he was going to die of the poo poo water on his insides. <laughs> it's insane. The water's dripping. Also, you have to think, guys. You see the dripping. Why did no one think we got to move this guy? Yeah, except for Bailey. And Bailey's yelling. Where's the button that we've seen her use before? Yeah, on the other side of the room. So what? (laughs) I'm just telling you that's where it is. I'm not saying that's why she didn't use it. I'm just telling you that's where it is. Well, thank you. I did lose sight of it in there. Yeah, it's just bizarre. It's a bizarre moment um, for sure. Then the whole fucking ceiling falls in. It's not easy to move someone in surgery. Like they're on like a stationary table. Really? Yeah. I had surgery and they wheeled me in and then had me get on the table. And then in every, um, every like episode they've really shown that is they, they takes them on the gurney and then like move them to the stable table, (laughs) stable table, stable table. But yeah, I'm just like, she's like, move the patient. I'm like, what are they going to do? He's fucking open. I guess that makes Even sense. If I didn't think about they that. They could move him. It would take some time. It wouldn't be able to be. He wouldn't be able to be moved before that. Like they could have maybe gotten one of those like sterile cover thingies at least, but didn't matter. Yeah. I also don't know how they're like. Oh yeah, we irrigated him. Also, uh, those those like ceiling tiles. Have you ever touched one of those? The, it's like dust that yeah. never goes away. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. Gross. I don't know how they clean the inside of that guy, but Not he lived and they found his, they found his pancreatic cancer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even need chemo. They got it all. So a miracle. And then Alex gives him the good news. He broke the streak. Time to go his talk to that girl. turning around and he goes, I'm going to say hello. I'm I thought say hello. that's such a nice moment. I should I write a song called I'm going to say hello. And it's just should. me recounting this guy's experience. Well, you might get sued, but we'll see. Met a man named Dr. Weber, and he told me the water leak ain't nothing to worry about. That didn't happen. Do you understand anything about songwriting? You have to embellish a little bit, okay? So you're a liar. No. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit. Rest in peace, dude. Thoughts. All right. Anything else you want to um, talk about this guy? This Jack. Jack no, but attack. I, I do want to talk about Alex because at the end he goes home and Izzy is sitting on the porch with Meredith and Alex looks at her. And do you know what he says? Hello. It's so cute. I don't even care. <laughs> what? He did such a good job because I never would have thought twice about it. But like watching with a critical eye and like after that guy being like, I'm going to say hello. That's what Alex is doing. Um, Like, yeah, he does like mm, feel a little bit derpy and awkward because like, that's what he's doing. He's like saying, saying hello the way that Mr. O'Brien was like saying that he was going to say hello. 
to his grocery store girl. Grocery store girl. It would have been more of a it more would have been more of a giveaway if we would have gone like, "Hello, where's the produce?" I would have gotten it then. But it's funny. Okay, he derpily says hello. So we get Derek derpily says yes. Yeah. Mark or Alex derpily says hello. <laughs> so who's cute, next? Though. George. Um. Jesus. Um. Yeah, so I just wanted to note that because I thought it was important. He's like. That is a good critical eye doing. call out that I did not get. I did not cut that. I only, I mean, I watched it a billion times and I never would have noticed that before. Also, when I was reading the blog, she said that they, they were like, oh, Alex would never say hello. Like we should change it to hi. But Justin Chambers, who plays Alex, was like, I want to try it this way. And he says it. And she was like, that was the most precious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. We're keeping it. So. Well, good on you, Alexander. Karev. If that is your real name. If that even is your real name. Um, and yeah, I think that's it on the Alex. Oh, yeah, we'll get there later. Okay. God, we have not talked about a lot of things. It's all right. Let's talk about Barry real quick because actually I think that he's he's a he's a pretty easy guy to talk about. Yeah, Barry's nose is killing him. Have you seen the thing? It'd kill you too. Okay. That's hateful. I'm trying to okay. I feel bad right. for Barry. Yeah. Barry's been living in constant pain for seven years and no one knows why. And they're telling him, probably a lot of people are telling him it's in his head, which is um, very frustrating to hear when you are in constant pain and looking for solutions. And this is when Lexi's um, photographic memory comes in handy. And she is like, oh, I read this thing when I was helping George study. And I think he just needs an ENT. And she goes to Sloan and she's like, hey, can you like give him um, like do a test or whatever to see if he has this thing? And Mark's like, whatever. I like making fun of you. So, yes, I will go. And so he goes and she is correct. He like instantly screams and is in massive amounts of pain. And I feel very bad for him. Good acting for this guy. happy that they found it. Because I cannot imagine what it would be like to get a diagnosis after that long amount of time. Hell yeah. Well, we'll get to his really good scene in a minute, but keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was mostly, you know, it was like this crazy rare thing that Christina had never even heard of. And um, she's like impressed that Lexi knew it. <clears throat> and that's when he says Lexipedia that we get this great scene, right? Where they're all at the lunch table. It's Alex, um, George, Meredith, Christina, Lexi, and Christina. Did I say Christina? You might've said Christina. First. It's everyone, but Izzy. All right. Um, well, she doesn't have a patient right now, so she doesn't have anybody. She says it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they're all there and they're all just like talking. It's like classic, like early grays. It made me happy. They're all just talking about like their patients. And Christina's like, Oh my guy says he's at an eight, but like no one lives at an eight. Like he's just a wimp. His eight is my four or whatever the numbers that she says. And then, um, Alex is like, I'll test it. And like fucking hits her. And she's like, eh. And then George is like, well, yeah, that didn't hurt. You barely hit her. And so Alex hits him and he's like, ah, and then he hits Meredith and she's also 
uh, upset about it. And then later, in a completely different setting, <laughs> it's Izzy. With no context, just slap. That's and then Christina is dying. Yeah, it's funny. I hope I that it. that was an improvised scene. I hope so. That was really funny. It brought me joy in my heart. Yeah. Just all of them together, chit-chatting, because talking about their patients. Here, for the, the elevator scene, the reason I think it's improvised is because Alex still hasn't gotten to the point where he wants to talk to her. Even if he's going to slap her, it would be out of fun. So he wasn't doing it for fun at that point. I don't think he was ready for that emotionally until the hello moment. So that's why I think it's improvised. But yeah, this guy freaking, he gets, what is it? There's like a, a nerve, some sort of exposed nerve or something. No, or I think he's like a swollen nerve, maybe like something a big like old that. swollen exposed nerve. Who knows? But they're going to be able to fix it. And it's actually like a crazy is easy fix. Um, Christina's talking to him about, you know, like, what's your pain? And he's like, Oh, it's an eight. And she's like, Oh, I kind of thought like maybe you had some relief. And then he's like, well, yes. And he has the very good speech. His, his wife of, I don't know how long, but seven years and 39 doctors. And during all this time, his wife died and he couldn't, he says, I couldn't even feel that pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine being in so much constant, not, not pain, constant pain. Yeah. That you couldn't even feel or mourn the loss of your wife because of the pain that he was in. No, it's, it's so sad. Insane. It's insane. I, I, there, there was a couple scenes here that I, I wanted to call out where he's like, I've seen, I've seen, um, however many times he's like, I've seen like nineteen or so ENTs, ENTs, yeah, sixteen ENTs before him. I was waiting for Mark to be like, well, you haven't had me yet or some shit. I like, know. I really, I was like, that would have been peak Mark. Well, perfect. they weren't me, or something and he said like nothing, that. and he said nothing. Yeah. New leaf, turning over a new leaf, Mark. Uh, but then, so we get the, also, the way that Barry groaned when Derek repositioned him at one point was just like, uh, Mood. Uh, we we do get a weird scene with, with Derek and Christina, though, Ugh. where he, they're, they're doing the flashing things, and Derek is like, I'm going to rant about this shit, but you need to talk to me because I'll let you do the burr holes. And I need He's you to like, agree you with want, me. You would want the roommates to go, right? And Christina's like, don't fucking talk to me. And she's like, well, but he's like, well, you would, right? And she's like, I'm not talking to you. And then he's like, well, if you answer me, then I'll let you do the burr holes. She's like, yeah, I would want them out. Which, like, I fully believe she would. But I also, like, she's not a roommate really person in the first place. Like, she has one now because Callie asked her for somewhere to live. But she, like, doesn't strike me as someone who would actively choose to have roommates. Right. Just to, like, have people around her. So, like, of course she would want them out. And also, it doesn't matter her opinion. It's icky how he got the opinion out of her. Yes. He's like, if we operate, I'll let you do the burr holes. Gross, Derek. Gross. Doesn't feel like good teaching. No, not even a little bit. But good, uh, we're, we're led to believe that he's getting fixed. But in the, in this process, Mark asks Lexi if, you know, hey, you did this great thing. You deserve the chance to uh, to do the surgery and be a part of it with me and scrub in. And she's like, I got this thing. I got this boy, which is never pathetic. Not, Mark yeah, is right. I've it never is been pathetic. less on her side. <laughs> like at some point you have to like, it's very... Rachel getting off the plane, which I hate. It's very um, 
Lauren from the Hills not going to Paris because she wants to stay with Whoa, her boyfriend. Spoiler alert. Like, it's just so, so not the vibe. It's not even like learning anything. It's like paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. So anyway, but there, it ends up being nothing that she misses out on because yeah. it doesn't happen here. They go, they transfer everyone to one of the other hospitals. I don't remember which one. I think Mercy, Mercy West or something Mercy like that. Mercy West and Seattle Prez are the other two, I think yeah. that they mentioned. But so yeah, she doesn't miss it, but it is still, a, it's just a bad career choice. Sorry. It just is. Oh yeah, for sure it is. For sure it is. So. But yeah, that's all I got for that guy. The only other thing I would say is you at the beginning scene of this when Lexi's like, hey, Christina, I think I have an idea. And she's like, uh, Yoda, Yoda, <laughs> don't think. Just have the idea. Believe that you have the idea. Have the idea. And now go get the laps. Yeah. Like that wasn't a good teaching moment, but it was funny. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and no more on him, I don't think. Um. Yeah, Derek was icky. So Meredith wants to quit therapy. And um, Dr. Wyatt is like, you super need to keep going to therapy. <laughs> Which I love. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm finished with therapy, she says. Mm, I don't think you are. <laughs> um, so Dr. Wyatt's like, maybe you should keep going to therapy. And Christina uh. gets upset later on. And she's like, she asks Meredith, like, oh, what does your shrink say? And Meredith says, I quit my shrink. And Christina's face is the so look shocked, she shot her. but yeah. also upset. Like, she's like, fuck. Like, you cannot. Christina also thinks she cannot quit therapy because Christina, as she later says, is no longer allowed to have her own opinion because she has to be supportive. Which and is so not then, good therapy. It's also, it's like also a not good spot friendship to put though. your friend in. Yeah. It's a hard spot to put your friend in. Cause I don't want to be like, Oh, you're being a bad friend because you're doing what Meredith asked. And it's not that she, I mean, she has the opinion. She's just keeping them to herself. Right. She's not really lying. Um, but she's also not so, telling the full truth. Yeah. It's, but anyways, I love the moment where she goes to Dr. Wyatt and she's like, you have to, to, to talk to her, like tell her, like he can't move in because like he doesn't know her. He doesn't understand that she like needs these people in her life because she has no one and her life is constantly in an eight. And then Dr. Wyatt goes, Oh, it must be incredibly painful. The thought of losing Meredith to Derek and Christina goes, you are the worst shrink ever. And just leaves. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that Christina is going to be going back and talking to this therapist. It's just like, my thing with it is the way that moment was played, I think could go two ways where like you have a moment of realization where she's like, Oh my God, I am afraid of that. But like, that is not the way she played it. She was no. like, what? This is not about me. Like, I, like I think also she knows her relationship with Meredith too well to be like, whatever happens with her and Derek doesn't matter because like we are each other's person. So she's like, that's just bad shrinking. Like you're just a useless person to me now. <laughs> so yeah. Like you useless moment. person. I liked that moment. Um, so what did you think? I thought it was hilarious. I, I also really hope that all of them, I think I've said this before. I like the therapist, uh, 
storyline here. And I like mm-hmm. yeah. I like the way that it's showing us the healing process because it's creating it's creating a, a whole new character in front of us. It's right. giving the writers a chance to say, okay, Meredith was exactly who she who we needed her to be for the first five seasons, right? Or for the first four seasons. But in this fifth season, we need her to be a more dynamic person. Right. And we're not saying that we're changing Meredith. Once you no. do therapy, you're not you aren't fixed. You're not healed. You're not finished. Well, it's just like um healing is a journey. Healing it's is not a journey. necessarily like a checklist. And I also But you have think relapses that, with that too. Right. And I think there are different triggers and different things to unpack. You know, yes, she has this major trauma, but she certainly has more than one. And also it's like, yeah, therapy doesn't change you. I think it just helps you to find the best version of yourself and how to like exist as the best version of yourself. And you're still going yeah. to have traumas and things. You just get the tools to work through them. So pro therapy. Yeah. Um, but I do hope that all of them get into therapy. I think it's going to be good for all of them. And I think it's a good stepping stone to, to develop these character arcs within. Um, it is interesting though, because so I, I, I also, as someone who has not gone to therapy, but is very much pro therapy, I know that once you start, like, that's like, you got to go on that journey for life. You got to find someone that you trust. Mm-hmm. You got to go. It's, and even if it's not for life, like you need to give it. Yeah. It's not a quick fix. A long time. You like, that's another haul. reason I think people are hesitant to find a therapist is because it can be exhausting. You're basically like shopping around and you have to like introduce yourself and give them your like life story basically over and over and over again until you find someone that clicks and that's like mentally draining yeah so it can be hard so we get a little bit towards i think it's almost one of the last one of the last scenes in the episode when she goes back and she she tells she's there in the the elevator right Mm. and she's like well what's the point right Horrible things happen. Happiness isn't the point. Happiness isn't the point. It's dealing with the bullshit. Yeah. Like still like having your feelings, but being able to like exist anyways. Yeah. And she says too, he's like, you've made progress. You're doing wonderful, but you're not done. Meredith. You ain't fucking done girl. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're simply not. Yeah. Um, also want to shout out when Christina tells Derek, like, don't ever try and fucking use me to influence Meredith again. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. I know we're getting to the point where this is raring to be a long episode. So let's power lightning through the rest of this. Let's. I think mostly we just have Izzy and then the Meredith and Derek end scene. Well, I also really do want to talk about... Um, the, the table scene again, though, like I, I there was mm-hmm. something that I wanted to talk about because we, we glanced over it when when Lexi goes to George, and he goes, how did it go? How did it go? And he immediately places his head on the fucking table. Pow, pow, fish. <laughs> pow, pow, fish. <laughs> then she feeds him noodles while he's laying on the table. Just that is first off. It's cute. Come on. Don't don't eye roll me. That's cute. Yes, she's pathetic, but it's cute. I don't think it's cute. They're going to have sex next episode. Guaranteed. We'll see. Um celebratory intern test sex yeah so passing by one point um yeah when the the she's like when he walks through the door and she's like george george big goober moment big goober moment for her yeah um 
but yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Izzy. She has no one. She's afraid of being kicked out of the um, house. Derek wants her and Alex to move out because he's the way that he is. Let's um, let's also talk about Izzy's quote of the episode. Eat the muffin. Taste the muffin. Remember the muffin. Okay. Didn't know that was the quote of the episode. That's no, just for Izzy. That's Izzy's quote of the episode. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Um, this so, episode is yeah. brought to you by Izzy's quote oh of the God. episode. I swear to God. If, yeah. So Derek wants them to move out and he's like being rude about it. And like, I don't have an issue with him wanting to move them out, but like maybe you run it past Meredith first before you just start measuring their room in front of them. Yeah. It's way too assumptive. It's way too assertive. It's not big Derek, nice. Big Derek it's, energy. Yeah. BDE. Um, so, uh, Izzy and Alex are upset. Alex is like, I can't fucking afford anywhere to live. I'm going to be homeless. And Izzy finds this apartment and she's like, cool. I love it. Um, so she asks Alex first and he's like, I would rather live in my car. Which is Rude harsh for no as reason. fuck, Alex. For Damn. No reason. Um, and then she asks Christina. She's like, you're not a terrible person. And Christina's like, okay, um, I know. And she's like, but she doesn't ask Christina. She's like, I found this great apartment. Think about it. She's like, I know you can afford it. Think about it. And gives her the flyer and then leaves. Because she's not so much with the communication. Um. So Christina thinks, wouldn't it be neat if me and Callie lived here so that Callie didn't have to live in my living room anymore? (laughs) So Callie and Christina are going to continue to live together in this nice new hospital adjacent apartment that Izzy has located for them. And Izzy at the end being mad at Christina when she didn't say it is so funny. And Christina's like, you should have been more clear, which like might be true, but don't say it. And Chris, right. Izzy's like, give me the flyer. And Christina's like, I already put down a deposit. <laughs> and Callie's just sitting there sipping her drink. Like, I'm going to go over here. Yeah. <laughs> She's got good physical com- comedy timing. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, so then. Yeah, I think that might be it on the Christina front. And Izzy, she didn't ask anyone else. Right. She just asked Christina no. and Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then she, at the end of the episode is on the porch at the house and Meredith comes up and Izzy's like, how did it happen that I have no one? Which is sad. I feel for her because, you know, season one, they all are very tightly woven together. Season two, you know, and post Denny, they're all really there for her. And so it kind of just sneaks up on her that now she's like, doesn't have someone that she can be like, Hey, let's live together. It could have been George, but George moved out first because George was like, I can't live with this girl that I cheated on my wife with and ruined my life. And also he was like, they're all residents and I'm still an intern. I need to like live with an intern, which I think was a good decision for him because I think it was kind of putting him in a bad mindset. Um, That's also part of his arc with the not, complaining thing i think he would have just found himself complaining in the in Mm -hmm. that scenario you know yeah um so yeah i feel for izzy in that moment and then um meredith also feels for her and alex says hello 
And then Izzy or Meredith goes inside to Derek and she's like, I'm not, they're my family. Like I need them. I'm not telling them to move out. And like, that's, you can't ambush me. You can't use Christina to try or my, you can't use them to ambush me or use Christina to try and like trick me into getting what you want. Like it's shitty and I'm not doing it. Yeah. And he's like, okay. She's like, what? And he goes, I mean, you know, I'd like to talk about it again when you're ready. But for now, that's fine. And I'm like, this is, this person has been here the whole time. This is gross. This person existed. And, and we've had to deal with the other guy. Really? <laughs> really, Derek? Really? Really, Derek? Really? So. I actually don't think, I think that the only reason we're getting this, Derek, is because Meredith is showing that she's willing to work at it. Derek is the kind of person who seems selfish with his empathy and he's not going to give the empathy when it's not being earned. No, because Addison wanted to work at it and he treated her like trash garbage. So that was different. She cheated on him. Doesn't matter. The empathy was all out the window. Then don't be with her. I agree. Listen, I don't defend him. You're defending him. I can defend the mindset while not defending the man. You're not. That's not what you're doing. And I disagree. I don't I'm, stand. I'm going to tweet about this and I'm going to say, hmm. With your blue check mark. Yeah. It's so crazy how 15 years ago my wife cheated on me <laughs> and then I got back together with her and then had sex with someone else at prom and I'm somehow the villain. The victim. He is the villain. <laughs> right. He acts like he's the victim always. Right. Um, but yeah, I did appreciate this moment. It's just like. Um. And then I was reading about uh, Chris Devirnoff in the blog was saying basically that um, Ellen Pompeo was like, hey, I don't love this line where I'm like, do you still love me? Like, I don't like that because I don't want it to be like, oh, do you still love me? Oh, I'm panicking because I'm going to lose my boyfriend. And Krista Virnoff was like, that's not what it is. It's Meredith's way of being like, you know, knowing that in the past, this would have been something that would have escalated far too quickly into a fight for no reason basically being like we're good like we're okay and they are and so that's how she played it and he said yes yeah he does still love her so yeah all right kelsey do you know what do you know what time it is yes it is my bedtime but we can rate it first it is time for (laughs) rate that episode this is what carmen does when he's too sleepy guys (laughs) these are the things um i give this one a four it is a fellow i give it a 3.4 okay a resident point four and it was good. It was a good episode. It wasn't like crazy. I think it's setting some cool things up. I think it's making some interesting backstories. I think it's, uh, you know, you had a you had a good couple of arcs with Weber being a piece of shit and then not a piece of shit. You've got, uh, you know, some some growth happening with Derek and Meredith. You've got some maybe growth happening with Alex uh, mm-hmm. and and Izzy. I don't know. We'll see. But it wasn't like a super dramatic episode. The water falling on on you know Jack that was obviously very uh, yeah. dramatic. And in the hallway, yeah. So, and then the the water flooding in from the elevator. But the it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just okay. It's just okay. And the garbage can. 
Oh man. Um, that that yeah, scene, I, that scene was a five <laughs> out of five. <laughs> um, the trash bags over the patients. Classic race. Classic. Uh, race. Yeah. I love that table. I love that cafeteria scene. That really makes it for me. Also, I really like the Callie and Mark stuff and I like the Mark and everybody in this one. Um, yeah, I just like this one. It's just a good one for me. I'm just a fan. Um, I like what it's setting up. Yeah. So, um, predictions, predict something about Christina and Callie. Christina and Callie are going to have the apartment and she's going to walk in on Callie and Han having sex. Okay. Um, With Mark. Yeah. When do you think that's happening? If it doesn't happen by next episode, the threesome, then it's not happening. Okay. Um, And when do you think Callie and Han are having sex? If it doesn't happen next episode, it'll probably happen in the episode after that. Um, and then George and Lexi, you're saying, are... For sure next episode. Next it's, week. Next episode is a lot of fucking... Yeah. Um, and then... Um, I don't know. What else? Derek and Meredith, anything? They will have sex next episode. <laughs> um, and Alex... Alex and Izzy will not have sex next episode. Okay. I I genuinely I don't know what their deal is, but I need to see more. I'm I'm very confused. I predict next episode that a bomb is going to go off somewhere. Like a metaphorical bomb or like literally a bomb? Metaphorical. There's something something okay. big is going to happen next episode. And it's going to be in Either Christina's life or Mark's life. It's going to affect one of them more than anyone else. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, Oh, Meredith in therapy. Predict that. She's going to get all of her friends in therapy and it's going to be great. I hope that's her legacy. I hope that's everyone's legacy. Everyone get your friends into therapy. What is a legacy? Um, It's planting gardens or planting... Planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. I don't know what you're doing. Like, I know what you're doing, but I don't know what you're doing. It's Hamilton. Thank you. Um, it's when the bullet's coming at him and he's doing his monologue. Yes, 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 yes. Um, remember when we saw that? Good times. Eliza. Take your um, time. That that makes me That makes me almost cry every time I hear it. Yeah. Her at the very end is really sad. Yeah. Oof. My feels. Okay. It's late. It's bedtime. I don't think we have any other predictions. Do you have any other predictions you want to throw out that I've maybe missed? I predict that you are all going to have an incredible week and we love you all. And I think it's time for the Grey's Academy sign off. Kelsey, make sure to plug all of our socials and the website to make sure you all leave a five star review and then do the things. And... (laughs) Gesundheit and action. Not the sneezing. Um, so you can follow me at chaotically Kelsey. You can follow Carmen at Carmen.gabriel.official. You can follow the podcast at Grace Academy Pod. And we're at Grace Academy Pod on Twitter. And you can email me at GraceAcademyPod at gmail.com. Carmen has access to none of those things, so say whatever you want. 
Um, and I'm thinking, so this was our 89th episode. So I think maybe for our hundredth episode, we could do like a Q and a, so fuck. we might, I mean, yeah. it's still like, it's still a couple months away, but we maybe will like put an Instagram post up, um, and ask for questions or something. So that's what I was thinking, thinking about maybe doing for our hundredth episode because i want to do something special for our hundredth episode yeah i think Um, also let's do this anyone who was who is a current patreon subscriber we guarantee your question will get on the podcast mm -hmm, for sure guarantee um so yeah uh and just email me let me know you know i love hearing from you guys heard from a couple people this week who just found the uh, the podcast so I love it. We love making you smile and giving you things to listen to at work or on your commutes or when you clean your house. So um, thank you so much for your support. Please continue to share us with your friends. And if you see Carmen walking down the street. Do not spoil the show because the content gravy train would be done. And we appreciate you all. And we will see you all in the next one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.